I want to share with you this morning a, um, a story. And uh, this story is uh, one that really happened, although I couldn't find where the source came from. It was something that happened. I think we can all imagine and see in our own hearts and minds that this would be something that could, could happen and does happen probably more times than we would, um, would think. Um, there was a missionary to Zaire, and this was Dr. Helen Rosevear. And uh, she told this story of what happened while she was in Zaire. And uh, as she was over there, and uh, missionaries, if you've ever heard stories of missionaries, there's some things that they, that they see and hear about that we don't see in the States as much as what they'd see over there. But a mother at the mission where she was, the mission station that she was at, she died. She was giving birth to a premature baby. And if you've ever known anybody that's given birth to a premature baby, you know that there may be complications and all the things that happen with childbirth anyway. And she says, we tried to improvise an incubator to keep the infant alive, but the only hot water bottle we had was beyond repair. So we asked the children to pray for this new baby and her sister. One of the girls that was praying responded this way, Dear God, please send a hot water bottle today. Tomorrow will be too late because by then the baby will be dead. If you've had children to pray, you're encouraged by the innocence of the prayer. So, the dear Lord, please send also not only a hot water bottle, but send a doll baby for her sister so she won't be so lonely. That afternoon, a large package arrived from England. The children watched eagerly as they opened up the package. Much to their surprise, under some clothing was a hot water bottle. Well, immediately, the girl that prayed the prayer started digging in the box. And as she dug down, she found, and she looked around and she said, if God sent the water bottle, I know he sent a baby doll. The Heavenly Father was right. And she dug deep enough and she pulled up a baby doll. And so there was a hot water bottle and a baby doll in the package. The Heavenly Father knew in advance what they were going to need five months after the package had arrived, after the package had been sent. He had led a ladies group to include 
both of those specific needs. You may say, well, Tom, that's just a story. I'm a firm believer that if God impresses on our hearts that we should do something, one of the best blessings that we will get is if we just obey. And we don't question why. We just say, I know I'm supposed to do this. There have been times that I felt impressed to do something. I don't know why. I don't even know the outcome of what happened. But I've been impressed to do something, and I've got to rely that God knows what he's doing, and he's watching out for us. In Ephesians chapter 6, we find these words. Now, you may think that it, this, the title of this sermon is, Why Should I Pray? I, I want you to get the concept of what my mind was thinking when, when I looked at this sermon title. Why should I pray? God knows everything. God already knows what I'm going to pray for. God already knows the outcome of what's going to happen. So why do I need to pray? If he knows all those things, why should I waste my time? Because he's going to do what he does anyway. And the Bible throughout scripture says that we should pray. If so, why should we pray? So you may be questioning them, this self, yourself this morning. God already knows what I'm going to ask for. But let me give you some reasons today as to why we should pray. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, we see these words. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word so that we can all be reverent to his words as they talk to us? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, verse 18. Praying, with, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints, for all the saints. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll be with us today. Help us to draw on you for our strength, 
Help us to draw on you for the answers to our life's questions. Help us to draw close to you because we pray. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Okay, now I'm going to say this right off the bat. I'm taking off my coat. I'm sorry, I am just, I am hot. Not, that's, not a, that's not a reference to anything other than my temperature. So, last week I went down, I got done and went to Josiah and I said, what's going on? It's hot in here. And um, so I'm feeling the same way today. I must be going through some hot flashes or something. Uh, okay. Um, so I have some, uh, some subtopics and some, some uh, scriptures that you can write down. Um, this is not just this one portion of scripture, but there's many scriptures that are going to be jumping around. And I went all the way through the, the Bible, uh, the Old Testament, the New Testament, really trying to understand what is it. I even talked to our ministers over at our get together and um, I said, I said, why do we pray? And uh, so this is a culmination of discussion and looking up scriptures, trying to understand. And the first thing that we have to understand is, why do we pray? Because God is reaching out to us. Why do we pray God is reaching out to us? Genesis chapter 3. I want you to think about the, uh, the beginning of the creation of creationism story. And uh, I want you to think what happened. God created Adam and Eve, created all the animals, and then in chapter 3, we see the temptation and the fall of mankind. So we see this story develop as, um, as once they've sinned, there are three questions that God asks. And the three questions are, and you, you can look this up if you want to, but you, you'll remember with me what these questions are. The first question was, I want to ask you, I want you to think about it. God's asking questions. Did he not see this coming? Did he have no clue that this was going to happen? Why would he ask the question? Was it for his sake that he asked the question? Did the devil outwit God? Did he go behind his back and go, ooh, I got a secret that, that God's not going to know? Do we think God didn't know it was going to happen? I don't think so. God knew what was going to happen and allowed this to happen, and then he asked these questions. Three questions. Where are you, Adam? Did God know where he was at? Who told you you were naked? Did God not know that there was discussion between the devil and the, the, the wife and then with Adam? And what have you done? I, I want you to think about those three questions. So God's asking 
these three questions that he already knows the answers to. So why should we pray? Is it because is it because God doesn't know the answer? No. God already knows what we're going to pray about. Is it because we've done something that we can keep hidden from God? No. God knows what we've done. Is it because we want to pretend like it never happened? We can't we can only pretend in our minds for so long we realize that it did happen. But God is asking the same questions today. He's asking each one of us. Where are you at? Why are you hiding from me? What are you trying to cover up? Is there something that you think that I don't know about already? Why did you sin? Why did you do what you did? And now you're pretending like you don't know anything about it. Now I want you to think about the time span now that's going to happen. God knew this was going to happen. When you think about the whole scheme of the history of the Bible, approximately 6,000 years we see from the beginning till Jesus comes and then another 2,200 years since then. So we're talking about 8,000 years. 6,000 years before Jesus came and before he gave his life. Did God already have that all planned out? Yes, he did. God knew that there was going to be sin. God knew that there was going to be a need for some sort of forgiveness. As a matter of fact, you know that the first sacrifice that was given was God made a covering for the people, Adam and Eve, to cover their bodies. Sin needed a covering. So God wants us to realize that he is reaching out to us. Genesis chapter 3. We also need to realize that God wants a relationship with us. Now, how do we know God wants a relationship with us? Well, because he made this, uh, allowed this to uh, occur, you know what he could have said. And I, I'm going I'm to say this because I don't like it. To me, it's a give, give up type thing. It's not like, let's fix it. It's uh, let's, let's just give up. I'm, I'm done working with it. I hate it when somebody says, I'm done with you. I'm done with this situation. I'm done. And then they just walk away. Well, the way I look at it, there's always something to be done, and there's always some way to at least compromise and fix it all. And um, so... We see that God, in his wisdom, he could have said, you know what, Adam and Eve, I'm done with you. You screwed up big time. I knew you were going to do this. I could see it before you were even created. And I know you've, we've had some good times, but I'm done. 6,000 years. He allowed for a progress 
to happen. Aren't you thankful that God works in our lives over time? Aren't you thankful that he helps us to see his presence in our life? Am I different than I was 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago? Am I different than I was then? I should hope so. I should hope the experiences of my life would help me to become a richer, deeper person. Um, I, I knew a, a man that um, in, his, um, in his adult life, he was a hard man. Have you ever known hard people? People that are just like gruff and they're just difficult to discuss with and talk to. And, um, but I will tell you this, as this man continued to grow, his heart got soft. I, I could see him cry sometimes because God was just touching him in a special way. God help us to be willing to be touched in a special way. God wants us to realize that he's reaching out to us. Number two, God wants us to realize that he wants a relationship with us. Now, I'm going to give you four scriptures. I'm going to read the scriptures off to you so you'll know and you can write them down if you want to. Jeremiah chapter 32. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power and by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Psalms 51, verses 10 through 12. And this is David speaking about after his sin with Bathsheba. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Psalms chapter 9, verse 10. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. God wants a relationship with you. He's reaching out to you. He's saying, I want to be a part of your life. The thing is, point number three, he doesn't have to reach out to you. He doesn't have to. Psalms 139, one through four. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. He already knows. He's already, he already knows what's going to happen. He doesn't have to accept it. 
Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. My counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. It's God's choice to do what he wants to do. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. So the question is not whether God is aware of every prayer, because he is, but whether God is turning into our prayers with the intent to answer them. But it's up to him on whether he does or not. So if he doesn't have to reach out to us, but he tells us to pray, so why won't God answer our prayers? You see, there's sometimes that God doesn't answer our prayers because of things that we've done, things that we've been involved in. We think that we're so perfect and high and mighty, but in actuality, there's sometimes that we aren't. In the New Testament, we see promises were written to the followers of Jesus. It's a misuse of scripture to pull out isolated scriptures and say, this is for me, and turn them into any situation that we want, including our prayers. God does not want us to pray just so we get what we want. He hears all and understands all and knows the circumstances. But here's some reasons why God may not answer our prayers. When we are choosing to hold on to sin. Isaiah 115. When we want to hold on to sin. The Lord says, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9. Why doesn't God answer us? Because we've got sin that we're holding on to. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. You know, there's, uh, I, I've been, um, I've had dealings with many different people, and sometimes people do things, and then they say, I prayed, and I'm like, You're not, God's not listening because of what you're doing and how you're living your life. Um, if, there's, if there's people that are doing things that are wrong and they know they're wrong and they're doing it and they pray, the Bible here says God doesn't listen because you've got the wrong attitude on your heart. Why else 
would God not want to listen to our prayers? The second one of why God wouldn't want to listen to our prayers. When we ask according to our own selfish desires, God will not hear our prayers. When you ask, it's James chapter 4, verse 3. When you ask and do not receive, it's because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend when you get on your pleasures. You know, there have been, there have been many times that people have prayed for something that they don't need, but something that they want. And all of a sudden they get it and they think God answered their prayer. I dare say that it wasn't God that answered the prayer. If you ask God for a, my car is breaking down, I've got a 35-year-old Toyota. I would like a Mercedes-Benz, please. God does not answer our prayers just because it's something that we want. But many people will act like if they pray for it, it's God's responsibility to get it for them. It's not. So God wants to meet our needs, not fulfill all of our wants. The third one is that if we do not ask in accordance with his will. 1 John chapter 5.14 says this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything in his will, he hears us. You may say, well, what does that have to deal with? That has to deal with a lot of situations. We ask for certain things that we're, we don't understand why. And um, we ask God's will to be done. And some people may say, well, that's just a cop-out saying that you don't, um, you don't expect it to be done. No, it's a way of me saying, God, I don't understand everything and I want your will to be done. If, there's, if the answer to this is not what I want, but what you want, then I want what you want. Please help my heart to be softened so that I know that this is what you want. I may not understand it, but I'm going to trust in you. God hears us and wants us to know that our prayers are reaching to him. The last one is when we do not ask in faith. Number four, in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, we see this. I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe and you receive it, for it will be yours. However, faith is not believing for something. It is believing in someone. Our faith is in the character of God and his desire to bless and comfort us. When we pray, we should have faith that God is going to answer our prayers and that he will grant his will to be done for us. We may have a financial need, but if we continue to worry, we're really not trusting God. We have a financial need, so we say we're not, going to, we're not going to give God any money until he meets our need. 
We're not praying for the right thing. We're not praying in the right way. God wants us to be faithful to him. God wants us to pray because he wants us to be holy. He wants us to be like him. He wants us to have a pure heart and a pure attitude. So the next section, God's reaching out to you. God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't have to reach out to you. Why God doesn't hear our prayers, God wants us to pray. He created prayer so that we can enjoy him and that we can have fellowship with him. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man comes to me, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. If you've ever seen the picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking, you'll notice that there's no door handle at the bottom. That's because there's a door handle on the inside. All we have to do is knock and say, I'm here. God opened the door. God wants us to pray to him. And here's the things that we can pray for that God will listen to and will help us in our situations. First of all, he wants us to confess our sins. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wants us to confess our sins. He doesn't want us to hold them inside. He wants us to be honest about what we've done and where we're at. He wants to meet our needs. Psalms chapter 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. God wants us to be satisfied that even though we may not have everything, that we have what we need. The third one. Why does God want us to pray? He wants our will to be aligned with his will. Luke chapter 22 Verse 42, and if Jesus prayed this prayer, how much more do we need to pray the same prayer? Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, it's not what I want, it's what you want. God help us to be open to what God wants in our lives. There's one prayer that's guaranteed. And that is a prayer of repentance. Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and another a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this tax collector, I fast twice a week, I give tithes of what I possess. 
and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven but beat his chest saying God be merciful to me a sinner I tell you that this man went away justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted you see the secret to prayer is that we want what God wants and we're willing to let our will go and our attitudes and our decisions to be left up to what God wants in our lives. Psalms 37, verse 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see, it's about our attitude as to why we pray. It's not about God's attitude. It's about us allowing ourselves to be aligned with what God wants and us being okay with that. God wants us to be drawn close to him. Um, Martin Luther, um, he shares this story of a dog that happened to be at his table. You know how dogs are when they're food around. And he looked for a morsel from his master. And if you've ever seen a dog or cat or somebody that is around your house and you take a piece of food and you may have done this, you may have not done this, but I know I have. And you take the piece of food and you go like this and then you go like this and you move it away from your mouth and the dog or the cat will go. They'll follow it all around, won't they? Martin Luther said this, Oh, if I could only pray the way the dog watches the meat. All his thoughts are concentrated on that piece of meat. Otherwise, he has no thought or no hope of ever getting anything else. Oh, that we could pray, dear God, please help me to trust in you. Dear God, please help my will to be dissipated because I want your will so much. Dear God, help me to trust in you for the needs of my life. God wants us to pray. God wants us to be close to him. God expects us to trust in him. Would you please stand with me